Hello and welcome back to the Spirituality of Parenting podcast. Cammie and Bethany are here with you again. Hello. Talking about the book Bless This Mess by Basquet and O'Donnell. We are on chapter five. It's hard to believe. Woo! We're already on chapter five. Uh, I saw the title of this chapter and I knew it was going to be interesting. And sure enough, it was. The chapter is called How Much is Enough? How to Talk to Kids About Money and Stuff. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, What I found interesting about this chapter is that... um, I think more so than any other chapters, this spoke directly to us as the adults. Right. It was. It seemed to me to be less about sort of parenting tips. Right. And it was really focused on what is our relationship with money and stuff. And how it affects. Right. Because their argument in this chapter is, you know, kid, your kids are going to watch what you do um, and how you are generous or not generous, how you live with abundance or scarcity, and they're going to learn from... From that, right. I it, I felt it had less practical tips for you know how to parent your children, but really more food for our thought. At least I found a lot of food for thought. No, I, I, I would agree with that. that. Yeah, yeah. So one of the one of the things they say when they open the chapter is, "What do you want to communicate to your kids about how much is enough?" Um, and they jump right into some of the spirituality of it, some of the um, grounding in the Christian scriptures, and they say this. The Bible consistently, from beginning to end, puts a priority on challenging materialism and excess and ending poverty for every human being. They put that in bold. Wow. I know. And I agree with them. You know, this, that, that is a very clear theme that runs through the scriptures. Throughout it, yes. Uh-huh. Um, you know, how are you sort of letting go to your attachment to stuff and at the same time helping, caring for, serving the least of these? You know, you hear that over and over and over in, in the scriptures. And then they say to follow up, our Christian faith demands, demands that each of us make personal sacrifices in order to live lightly on the earth God gifted us and ever more generously with one another. Yeah, I think now with the fires, we have to think even more about living lightly mm. on this earth. Mm, very true. I know this is about money, but I think that the excess of money and needing bigger places and more cars and toys, and I mean, it, it's a drain on our world. Yeah. No, it's not just about it. It's about mon- our money and our stuff. No, right. I which, as you said, are interrelated. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they sort of set this up for the message which is to come. You know, they talk about personal sacrifices, right? Mm. And so they're acknowledging right at the beginning that, you know, what the scriptures call us to do and how the scriptures call us to live is not going to be easy. No. May not be comfortable. Um, and yet, you know, if we are to call ourselves disciples of Jesus, this is what we are called to do. Yeah. Getting old and being a Christian is not for sissies. <laughs> Yes, so true. <laughs> Not for sissies. And in fact, you know, they call us even if even if we think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I consider myself a pretty generous person. You know, I give to this organization or that organization, and I serve in this way. Um, they call us to do more. You know, they say, however well we think we are doing, we can always buy less and give more. And here again, the challenge. 
We are, in fact, called to give until it hurts. Give in a way that hampers us from some pleasures and even some things we might deem necessities, and to keep on giving until it starts to feel good again. Ooh, that one is a challenge. Yeah. I That one definitely challenged me. Mm-hmm. And I... I mean, I I like nice things. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> you would be happy living in a box. You say that about me regularly. I know. You would be happy living in a box. <laughs> but I make you have pretty things around the house. And, <laughs> I, you know, there is a thing for me about there being... Um, beauty adds some peace mm-hmm. to my life. And mm-hmm. having a nice home to go to is for me a very real thing Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but I understand that there is a balance to it all of you know if if we can't give um, to the church or to the organizations in the world that we um, support and believe in then then we have too many pretty things Mm, yeah but I think that I mean I I I think that there is a balance yes, to be had. Absolutely. And I would say my, I wouldn't call it an Achilles heel. My, my thing is less pretty things. You're right. I probably could live in a cardboard box. Um, you know, some of those creature comforts that are important to other people just aren't to me. It's just, it's just who I am. It's, it's not a positive or a negative or a good or a bad. It just is. Um, for me, um, where my concern around sort of money and things lies is thinking about the future. Yes. Um, like I find it harder for me to be generous in the present when, you know, say talk about say giving money or something, you know, do I give money in the present or do I put it in my retirement fund or right. my savings account? Right. Cause right. you know, I constantly have that, you know, the future is so uncertain. My goodness, the last yeah. six months have certainly proven that. Right. Um, and so it's, it's hard for me to let go of sort of that I need to be prepared for whatever the future may bring right. mindset versus, well, what about being generous in the here and now? Um, so I would say, you know, all of us have things that trip us up and, and keep us from maybe being as generous as we might otherwise be. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with that. I yeah. mean, doing what I do, I see how much money it takes for our older population to be able to to live and survive. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know what Cammie does, she, she works with elders, with seniors, and usually works with them when they're having some medical issues mm-hmm. um, that are expensive. Quite. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I will say, you know, although the authors definitely do encourage us to sort of be generous beyond our comfort zone, they also acknowledge, I think you used the word balance. Right. You know, they do acknowledge that you know, to not plan for the future at all maybe isn't the smartest choice either. Right. Um, so how do we a- achieve and how do we, how do we give generously um, and feel like we're doing enough and how do we let go of maybe the guilt we're not giving enough of? Right. Um, they, they talk about that too. And what they suggest is to really think about the biblical concept of tithing. Which I thought was interesting. Um, well, they also, yes, tithing, but then whether it's on gross or not. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so if, you're not, if you're not clear what a tithe is, basically um, it's, it's an ancient concept you know, from the scriptures that we give 
um, of, of what we have. And you're right. They say, you know, well, I think what they're encouraging us to do is not get too bogged down in, how do I calculate the 10%? 10%. Like, is it gross? Is it net? Is it 10% you know, including my debts or not including my debts? They say, don't get bogged down in that. Just go for 10% of something, right? Right. Um, right. And you, you read this, and, and we're like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to talk about that? Because we don't do that. <laughs> No, I said, should we admit we don't? <laughs> and we don't. We, uh, we, we, we don't get to 10%. Um, but it is a good goal to have. And, again, and what the authors suggest also is, you know, fine, you're not there. They say a lot of people aren't there. Um, but how might you take steps toward getting there? You know, so if you're at X percent, how might you get to X plus 1% or X plus 2% on your way to 10%? You know, baby steps are fine. Um, but why they like the tithe, they say, is that, you know, that is sort of a nice goal to have. And then you can let go of some of the, am I giving enough? Am I giving too much? Am I caring for my family enough? Am I caring right. for others enough? If you just sort of take that standard, you know, my, our goal is going to be to be generous with 10%. Right. Um, and then a lot of that other concern can fade away, and then you can just sort of concentrate on the joy of being generous. Yeah, and really when you think about it, you think, oh, 10% for other people for God and 90% for me. Well, that seems pretty fair. <laughs> <laughs> that seems doable. <laughs> now, now, I would be curious how many people actually do it. I, I do know of some, um, especially some of my, say, pastor acquaintances um, that definitely do their 10%. Um, we are not there yet, and we can fully admit that, but it's... Well, we should work towards that. Yeah. There you have it. Okay, y'all heard it. Okay, we said it here first. <laughs> We're working toward our 10%, which we should, you know, which we all should. Yeah, as I read this, um, you know, what kept coming up for me is I do think we're generous, um, yeah. with, and, and we're talking about not only with our money, but with our time, you know, with our talents. You know, there are lots of ways to, to be generous. Um, but what kept coming up for me is we are and we could do more. Yes. We no, could I do agree. better because we are not to the 10% generous yet. Yeah. Um, so I, I was actually inspired by this, not sort of guilt-ridden by this. But just like, yeah, no, I mean, I don't feel like. God is judging us because we're not giving 10%. But they did make interesting points about how, and I may be skipping ahead. So That's okay. Go for it. Skip ahead. About how you feel better and it reduces your stress because yes. by knowing that you're doing that, you just, it, 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 it gives you uh, not hope, but I guess hope. Huh? Hope? Joy? Joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 And really, it comes down to a mindset which I, I still struggle with um, that they talk about. It's the abundance versus scarcity mindset. Mm. And in my heart, I absolutely want to live with the abundance mindset. You know, trust in God that all will work out, right? Mm. That, you know, you know, and all shall be well, all manner of things mm. shall be well. I want to live that way. Um, but I think about the future and all the things that could happen, and, yeah. I, and I almost immediately re revert to the scarcity mindset. Right. You know, I need to build up more. I need to build up more for the future. But you know, that, is, that is not what the scriptures teach us. Yeah. It's not. We start thinking we have college to pay for mm -hmm. and retirement and so forth. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be overwhelming. It can. It can. But, again, I think you can still 
plan smartly for the future and still live with a mindset of abundance. Right. I would hope so. I would hope so. So, you know, again, they talk a lot about how we live, you know, as parents, because that, that shows on our kids. But then, so let's talk about sort of how do we, how do we give this to our kids too. Uh, and one of the things they mention is, you know, having discussions about needs versus wants. Yes, I liked that conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, what'd you like about it? Well, just putting things into the need versus want, um, and and ha- because words do have power, and so if I say I I need a new KitchenAid mixer, <laughs> right? That's not exactly true, right? I, yeah. That's not true at all. <laughs> I, not exactly. I, I want one, mm-hmm. but I don't need one, right? Right. Um, so you know, I think that having having those that clear in your mind is good and I mm-hmm. like that they encourage you to encourage children yep to do that from a young age yep. so that they're mm-hmm. they're thinking they they understand the distinction yeah because yep. you know it was just a dawning on me today <laughs> Yeah, and I actually, <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that helps me too with my anxiety about the future. Is yes, there are needs in the future. You know, we're going to need somewhere to live. Mm. You know, for the rest of our lives, right? We're going to need to be able to feed ourselves even after we retire, right? There are needs. You know, are we going to need to go on a worldwide cruise? I'd no. like to. I know you would like to. Yeah. Yeah. That's a want. So, so even when planning for the financially for the future, thinking about what are my needs versus versus my wants. Right. Um, and you know, could I you know forego the vision of a worldwide cruise when I'm eighty, um, in order to help be generous to the wildfire victims right now? Well, yeah, I can probably. I think COVID has done it. Fixed us from needing from needing a cruise. Maybe a cruise was a bad example. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another thing they mentioned, which we have talked about in our household, haven't quite implemented, but the rule of three. Oh yeah. So um, you know, teaching your kids, you know, when they when they receive money, um, be it from allowance or from a birthday gift or or a job or however, Mm. um, that they should think about using that money in thirds. One-third for savings, mm-hmm. you know, be that for college or for a car when they're older mm-hmm. or for some big-ticket item. Right. Um, one-third to give away. Right. And then a third for spending in the now. Yes. Um, I love that concept. Yeah, but now they're increasing the tithing. You went from 10% to 33. To 33, that's true. That's an excellent point. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> you? Math break? To Jack is to tithe 33%. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and I found with Ben what was interesting is when there was an e kind of easy and obvious way to give, he was all for it. Mm. The example being, he goes to a Lutheran school. Oh yeah. So in elementary school, they had a chapel once a week, right. and as part of that chapel, they collected an offering, yeah. and he very dutifully took an offering every single week. Yeah, he tithed. Yeah, uh, he did. He did, and. 
often he remembered on his own. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to tell him. He, you know, and I think it was something that actually he enjoyed doing, knowing yeah, he was helping you. out whatever. They basically they chose a cause every year that they would give their offering to. Um, but it was easy. It was convenient. It was something that was meaningful for him. Now that he's in middle school, they don't have that chapel. Right. They don't collect that offering. And I th- we as parents haven't been as good at sort of providing another option, right? Yeah. No, I agree. With, with, yeah, shame on us. Sorry. Yeah, so... We could, he could give to Westminster. He could. And actually, as I was reading this book, I was thinking, you know, um, some churches do have like an offering time in their Sunday school classes. We at Westminster haven't done that, really. Mm. And I was actually, I was reading that, I was wondering, you know, how might we at Westminster help to encourage the idea of giving mm-hmm. or of uh, giving an offering the um, opportunity to yes when we meet again in person that's something that i'm going to consider um but but that struck me that he was happy to to give yeah. some of his money like he wasn't sort of trying to hang on to it or hoard it but the opportunity had to be there right um and now in middle school the opportunity hasn't been there as obviously so he hasn't done as much mm-hmm. giving yeah which was interesting to think about so, as always, a work in progress. A work in progress. <laughs> no doubt about it. And just when you think you know it all, you realize you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I knew it all. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, and then they talk about, in the book, um, about just talking about money with our kids. You know, sometimes the idea of money and finances seems like almost a taboo topic. Like, oh, we right. don't talk about that. But here's, here's a quote from the book. If we just talk transparently and non-anxiously about money and giving, we will raise kids who as adults will have a better grip on their own finances. I was trying to think as I read that if that's something we do. I don't think we do don't do it, but I don't think we talk about it on a regular basis. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think about all the times maybe that I have communicated, though, in like an anxious presence around money rather than a non-anxious presence. I feel like a lot of times I whine about, like, how much something's going to cost. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> the pets. Uh, oh, don't even get me started on how expensive our pets are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, then I think every time I say, oh... When, when, you know, a, a pet vet bill, thankfully we are in a position where a pet vet bill is not going to be, you know, the end of us, right? right? Um, so why do I talk anxiously as if it is, right? I don't know. It's just, again, it's sort of my knee-jerk reaction. Oh, that's so expensive. Have you met your father? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe we should move on from that. <laughs> no, we've talked before about my father being a slightly anxious person. Yes. That's, that's no secret. He's in this, wonderful in and this he podcast. worries about money. <laughs> yes, no doubt about it. Um, speaking of anxious. Am I in trouble? No, 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 no. Speaking of anxious, though, I highlighted this part. Regularly giving of our time, money, and effort. And again, I like that they say not just money, right? Right. We, we can be generous in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Regularly giving of our time, money, and effort makes us less anxious, less afraid, and downright happier. Yeah. Very interesting. So, you know, if we're anxious about sort of releasing some of that money to things other than ourselves, the very act of doing so help us to become less anxious. I thought that was interesting. Maybe I need to try more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. um, And then, where do they talk about... At the very end... 
they sort of they let go of the money talk a little bit and talk more about giving of one's time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is a parenting book. Um, so they talk specifically about how important it is for us to give kid, the kids our time. Right, yeah. I really like that, that mm-hmm. thought of you know, how much kids want our time. They would rather our time than a new video game. Right, yeah. Or if we're putting in lots of extra overtime at work because we need to get more money because we think our kids want certain material things, study after study has shown, no, that's not right. Our kid would much rather forego those material things, have you work less overtime, and be present. Right. And, and I appreciate it. These are two working moms. You know, they're not saying, you know, they're not trying to guilt you and guilt no. you about having a job. Not no. at all. They're very clear that it's important that we work, and that's a good representation right. too. Or it's important that we stay at home. Whatever the choice has been for your family, that's a fine choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so working parents out there don't start feeling guilty. But... You know, when we aren't at work, you know, then the time goes to our kids. Right. And I think it's a good, it's a good thought to how you prioritize things. So if you are mm-hmm. prioritizing going to work and working extra hours in order to give your kid a big house, a nice car, and you're not spending time with them, then, you're, then what, what the kids are saying from all of these studies is that that mm-hmm. is wrong. That's, it's flipped. Right. And we can get, as adults, confused by that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's a good call to put on priority because uh, now here we are talking uh, out of our middle class privilege. Yeah, we also recognize there are some families that have to work multiple jobs absolutely. and crazy hours to just put food on the table and pay the rent. Without a doubt. And, and those are needs. Like, again, needs versus wants, you know. If one has to work that much to fulfill needs, that's very different, very different than one trying to work a lot to fulfill wants. Right. Absolutely. And what they point out, too, is often it's not quantity of time, it's quality. Yes. You know, if you don't have hours and hours and hours to spend every day with your child, that's okay. Right. But just make sure the time, in fact, what do they stay, say here? They want you to be less stressed, more present. This is the kids, they. Less stressed, more present, and focused. Mm-hmm. You know, so whatever time it is that you have, and don't feel guilty about it being a lot or a little, but make that time count. Right. You know, I was thinking one of the gifts for me during this stay-at-home time, you know, I'm working, you're working, Ben's in school, but Ben every morning has like a 20-minute snack break. Yeah. 20-minute snack break. And he loves during that break to play a game. Right. Um, Uno. Yeah, Uno. Skippo. Today it was Exploding Kittens. Oh, you, you love that game. <laughs> um, but it's very important to him, and I understand. It gives him his brain a little break from school mm-hmm. and something else. But I think he also likes it because it's spending time with one of right. us. And so I have found, as I schedule my days, like I try really hard to not schedule a Zoom call or a phone call or an appointment from 9.55 to 10.15. You're so good at that. You're very good logistically. <laughs> <laughs> it does require some logistics, but just the other day he fussed at me because in the middle of, I went for a walk when he had his break time, uh-huh. and yeah. I came back. He's like, "You left when my break time was." <laughs> I'm like, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't always happen. You know, I, we are both working full time. Sometimes we have to work from nine fifty five to ten fifteen, but whenever possible, I try to keep that open. And that's a precious 20 minutes yeah. well, that, that we get to have. And, and again, it's not long. 
It's 20 minutes. Um, but it's important. It's important to him, and it's, and it's important to me. Well, it's such a gift. I mean, that's you and I have talked about this. It's one of the yeah. few gifts of our shelter in place is all the time we get to spend with each other and Ben. Right, right. And again, you know, that I recognize that's a privilege. We both work schedules that are relatively flexible. Right. Um, you know, like I work... Sundays, you know, which gives me a little more time off during one weekday. Yeah. I work some evenings, which gives me a little extra time in the in the day. Not everyone has that. Right. But again, I think, you know, with whatever your schedule is, we can still find that quality mm -hmm. time to be mm -hmm. with our kids. All right. I think on that note, we're going to have to do off. the rest of this chapter later. Well, I, we did the rest of no, it. No, we didn't, didn't we? talk about the... Uh, um, what didn't we talk about? Uh, chores and oh, allowances. allowances. Okay, why don't we save that for next week? Because we're hitting almost 25 minutes, and if you're still listening to us after 25 minutes, woohoo! Gold star for you! <laughs> Hit that like button. No, I'm kidding. I learned that from Ben. <laughs> All right, okay. so next week we'll start with the allowance and chores before we move on to whatever's yeah. in the next chapter. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. Okay, so look, that's a good teaser. You'll have to come back next week to hear what we say about that. Uh-huh. All right. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. We'll, we'll hear you. No, you'll hear us you'll next hear week. Yes. All right, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.